Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hills over there in the six. How you doing, my brother? Doing good, man. I'm doing good, especially because we, we got a well-accomplished guest on it. Let me let me the numbers, the the accolades back it up. So let me just read this down and then we'll introduce who, who this man is. So third time. All Patriot League in 2019, second team, All Patriot League in 2020, first team, All Patriot League in 2021. This dude is the definition of a sniper. If you don't believe, if you don't believe me, check out the film, man, because I had to go and check it out as well. Uh, a guy who scored double digits in the G League in his past season uh, at Lafayette. He went to Lafayette, played on the Oklahoma City Blue last last year. Welcome to the show, Justin, Jaws, Jaworski, man. Welcome to Clutch Talk, man. How you doing, man? Had to I'm give good. you a look. Appreciate you guys having me. Did your research there. Got the nickname down and everything. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> Had to. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir, man. Just how just how Jay Hill said, Justin, we're very happy to have you on the pod. And um, yeah, I'm going to have to call Jay Hill, Justin Jay Hill today. And Justin, Justin, because we got, we got the three J's on the Facts. pod today, man. But... <laughs> All right. So so, yeah, guys, so we, we just want to, um, you know, talk to Justin about his basketball journey and where it where, where he's led up to. And and now. So are, are you cool getting into that, Justin? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So, you know, what we like where we first like to start with all these player interviews is where you were born. But, Justin, you are the first person that I could not find anywhere where you were born. It just said your nationality was American. So tell us, Justin. We know, we, I know you went to high school in Pennsylvania, but tell us, where were you born and how did that all start? Who put the ball in your hands and at what age? Yeah, cool. So I'm from Collegeville, Pennsylvania. Um, it's like a suburb outside of Philadelphia, about 30 minutes from Philly. So I'm a, a Philly guy through and through, like born here, raised here, Philly sports. I'm all about it. Um, and just like. My parents really started me with the game when I was probably like five, really. Like I've played as long as I can remember. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw my last Instagram post, but uh, I'm moving out of my house and we were going through all my old things and we found the little, I think it was, I was in first grade, this little portfolio project and I wrote, I want to be a professional basketball player. So, I mean, I've been, I've been playing, I've been wanting to play basketball my whole life. So really as early as I can remember, my parents got me into it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's up. I did actually see that. So it's all about speaking that into existence, which you did. Um, it's crazy. The spell, I'd actually read, like, I looked at it, the spelling, you know, you obviously worked on it <laughs> on that part of it. Uh, but, but you certainly became a pro. So shout out to you for that, man. But you talked about Philly. So I got to ask, like you, you probably, when you maybe a little, he was a little, you're a little younger when he came, but AI, like, was that, Part of your influence, like Allen Iverson, because you, you said you grew up in Philly. Is that someone you uh, looked up to playing wise or what players did you look up to is my next question for you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, AI is my favorite athlete of all time. Um, OK, OK. Just like six foot killer. I just love the way he played, how tough he was. And like I was always really short growing up. Like, I mean, I'm not short anymore. Like I'm six two, so I'm not short, but I'm shorter than a lot of guys still. Mm-hmm. but growing up I was always very small so just like watching him play always made me feel like that I could do it too so he's definitely my favorite athlete ever and 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 you've you been you so so you've been you, you've been a Philly fan your whole life uh, 76ers through and through yeah 76ers um I mean I love the Sixers my fiance is like a huge Sixers fan 
But really, like, Philadelphia Eagles is, like, my family's okay, big thing. Okay. had season tickets my whole life. So I try to get to at least a couple games every year. But, okay. Yeah, okay. definitely Phillies, uh, Eagles, Sixers are, like, my three. Okay, okay. But so, so look, Justin, since you, you're probably the first person I ever talked to really from Philly, so I got to ask, well, how do you feel about Ben Simmons? <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to get into it too much just in <laughs> yeah. case I got to play with the guy. Oh, you good? Yep, yep. But, All right. I'm not, I, I'm not fond of the guy. I don't like, I don't like how everything turned out. Um, I just that like, it could have been handled a lot more professionally, especially, like, the spot that he was in. Like, mm-hmm. I understand it probably wasn't a great fit, but, like, we just paid you $180 million, $200 million. Like, it would have been nice just to have him kind of thug it out a little bit and try to make it work. But, I mean, yeah. I'll take James Harden, too, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I definitely wanted to see him out there. But I, I just I just I just had to check the temperature on that. But let's keep it pushing, Justin. So, you know what you you, uh, you know, you grow up and then you go you end up, you end up going to Pergamon High Pergamon Valley High School in Pennsylvania. You know, tell us how your high school, uh, your high school experience was, especially you being a successful two sport athlete playing three years of, of varsity football and four years of varsity basketball. That's honestly insane. <laughs> so talk to us how that was. Yeah, I mean, so Pergamon Valley is it. I don't know how your high school system works, but it's 6A here. So that's like the biggest conference that you could be in. Mm. But like, it's still relatively small. Like if, if you go really outside of my area, a lot of people have never heard of it. It's just like a public school. Like that's where I went my whole life. And we weren't like talented by any means, but we won a lot of games. Just like I was lucky enough to play with really good teammates. We knew how to play. I had great coaching my whole life. So like I was the only college basketball player on our team but we won a ton of games football football we were more talented we had a lot of college guys but basketball like really wasn't super talented but won a ton of games and like I had a couple offers to to leave and like go to a private school maybe reclass I had about three or four offers to do that but I decided to kind of stick it out with my people and like I thought I could make it where I was at like I wasn't I didn't get recruited much until my senior year so it was a little bit of a risk doing that, but I'm glad I decided to stick it out. My senior year, we won, I think we won like 30 something games. So like really, really good experience for me in high school. Like I love those guys, still talk to them. They're still all like very close friends of mine. For sure, for sure. And then you talked about like, you know, your experience in high school. What was what was the decision making for wanting to play afterwards at Lafayette in, in basketball compared to like the other sports you're playing in football? I know you're an accomplished football player. I read up on you in, in that regard. So what was it like basketball? I know I saw the I, we saw the writing. Obviously, you want to be professional basketball. But what, why was it basketball over the other sports? Man, I could talk to you about that decision for like two hours. Like my recruitment was a mess. Like it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it really came down to I just love basketball more. Like, mm-hmm. if you ask a lot of people that I grew up with, they'll probably say I was a better football player. Like, there's still a lot of people that will come up to me like, man, you should have played football. Like, I wanted you to play football. But, I mean, just for me, like, I love putting time into the basketball thing. Like, I love doing it on my own. I still love doing it every day. For football, I didn't, I didn't love practice. I really didn't work on it outside of my own, like, team time. So, mm-hmm. like, it's – the simple answer is it came down to me loving it more, but like a lot more went into the whole recruitment thing. It was kind of crazy. And, and what position did you play in football? So I was, I got recruited as a wide receiver. 
but oh, I played okay. wide receiver and cornerback, so I played both. Okay, okay, okay. Two, two, two ways, two ways. Okay, <laughs> yeah, two way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. So then, you know, after uh, after all your all of your success in in, in high school and learn uh, earning all league honors, uh, academic all league honors twice, both in football and basketball. You yeah. after a very successful high school career, you earned a Division One scholarship. And every, hey, man, every time I have somebody on the pod that played D one, I always I can never let it go past their head like man i gotta give you your flowers dog like you gotta realize that less than two percent of high school athletes go on to play division one of, of any sport right let N- nevertheless basketball because i think basketball is like much harder to get offers from than football in my opinion for as far as, far as like college and all that so t- so talk to us you know like your your first year at lafayette talk to us i know you said your recruitment process was crazy but how was that uh being a big being a little fish in a big pond now yeah, I mean, it was great. And like I said, with the recruitment thing, so basically I had zero basketball offers like my whole high school career. And I had about 20 in football and football signing day is December. So mm-hmm. I had zero basketball offers. I had a ton of football ones. And like December came and all these coaches were like, yeah, we like we need to answer. And I eventually just told them all like, yeah, I think I'm going to do the basketball route. They're like, well, what offers do you have? I was like, I, none right now, but like, I think I'm going to get some. So that was like a big risk for me. And then Lafayette came in really late. Um, we beat Roman Catholic in the state tournament, which if you guys were Philly people, that's like a really big deal. Like Roman's a, a powerhouse. So they came in really late after that game, got an offer, um, basically committed right away. I took a couple visits, but I think I knew I was going to Lafayette the whole time. And then, yeah, freshman year, like it, it really started for me really quickly. Like I started my first game that I played in. Um, it was really kind of a seamless transition for me. At the beginning, I went through it a little bit, about halfway through my freshman year, just missing shots. Um, had to come off the bench for a little bit, like wasn't playing great, and then got back in the starting starting rotation the last like 10 or so games. But I would say freshman year like was like a pretty, pretty seamless transition for me. Uh, shot the ball really well. We weren't a great team, we were like a very young team, but it was really good for me to just kind of like get my feet wet with it like I still played 31 minutes a game so it was definitely like a quick start for me yeah yeah definitely in in your freshman year you had you had led the team in minutes but I I, I want to talk about one thing that happened your freshman year and I think I think you might know where I'm going to man it's that three-point game winner that you hit that ends up making yes man top 10 plays talk to us about that like how, were your friends blowing you up after that like how how, how did that even come about <laughs> Man, that's another really good story that I could get into some funny detail. But so it was at Colgate. That was the first time I ever played Colgate. And I guess we'll say like five months before I took a visit to Colgate. And Colgate's like a six-hour drive for me. So that was like a big commitment. Like went up there, played with their guys, uh, played really well with their guys. Like I killed it. And I was like, damn, I'm definitely about to get this offer from them. And they basically said, listen, like we love you. Uh, you check all the boxes for us. We just don't have a scholarship for you. And like, I didn't, I hated that, that me and my mom just drove six hours to upstate New York. And like, you didn't even have an offer for us. So like going into that game, I had a little bit of like extra motivation <laughs> to it. And I don't think I even played that well the whole game. I think I might've had like 12 points or something, but when I got the ball at the end of the game, I was not giving the ball up. Like I was a freshman, like one of my good friends, Matt Klonuski, he was a senior at the time. And, like, you can see him if you watch the video, like, calling for the ball. I was like, I am not giving this thing up. Like, I just <laughs> felt that. perfect into it and just walked into it. 
And then, yeah, like once it got on ESPN, like all my friends were blowing my phone up, sending it to me. So that was a pretty cool start to my my freshman year. Man, I bet I bet you were walking around feeling like feeling like the man on campus. <laughs> so, 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 so then I, I, you know, you you have that you have that break, you know, big big breakout freshman year, and then your sophomore year you take another big leap. You know, you lead the team in scoring, free throw percentage, three point percentage, and you come second in the nation for three for three point percentage. But honestly, Justin, what I want to highlight, and you've done, you know, all all of it on the court, but. Is your is your you're you're on you're on it on school you know you're academically uh, in high school you made the academic honors for football and high and, and basketball for college you made you made the Patriot League academic honor roll selection so talk to us about like because most let's be honest you know most big time athletes don't have like the time or don't even want to go do go do that so who instilled that into you that school is important and you got to take school seriously yeah I mean. I guess it's my parents, right? Just because, like, my mom's a teacher. My dad was a Marine. So, obviously, wow. two. <laughs> <laughs> not strict, but, like, two. Like, they have their shit together. Mm. Sorry, yeah. I don't know. Curse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go. You go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, they, like they're like they with it. So, because I can remember in, like, first grade, like, get my report, my report card and being, like, all worried about, like, did I get my check pluses? Like, they didn't have grades yet. Like, checks and check pluses. So, like, and then I have older siblings as well so like my sister had a 4-0 all through high school got a full scholarship to college academically like 4-0 she was valedictorian in high school and in college so like she kind of set the bar for all of like my other two brothers so my other brother he is a electrician in the union and then my still older but closest to me in age he's a aerospace engineer so like he's the smartest of all of us by far but Yeah, so, like, kind of my whole family was, like, very into school. Like, it was important from when I was really young. And I think part of it was just, like, I like being good at things. So, like, even if it comes to school, like, I didn't want to – I didn't want to be the sibling that, like, messed up in school. I wanted to kind of keep it going being the youngest. Man, so th- that that's 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 inspirational because a lot of people, yeah, like you said, the balance is is key as you, as you uh, progress. But – Justin, I want to I don't real quick touch on. So I read off the accolades earlier and then so you naturally progressed from your freshman year on. You literally went from third team to first team. Talk about that progression. And was it a change in mentality, a change in in what like work ethic or what you saw on the floor at Lafayette? Um, yeah. Talk to, to us about that. Literally going from third to first team. Um, yeah, I mean, so every single year, like even though I got those awards, I always felt like I could have gotten more. Like, I feel like I deserved more. So like even freshman year, like I averaged 11 as a freshman, which was second out of all the freshmen in scoring that year, like got left mm-hmm. off the all freshman team. So like from the very start, I was like, all right, like this feels like high school again. I'm, I'm not getting my offers. Now I didn't get my, my all rookie team honor. So in like sophomore year got third team and like the way I played the numbers I put up, I could have gotten first team. We just didn't win enough games. So like mm-hmm. sophomore year to junior year was, all right, you can put up numbers. Like you need to help these guys win. Like, what are you doing to influence basketball games? So then junior year was like, really, I feel like everything started to click for me. Like I was averaging 22 a game, like halfway through the year. And then went down a little bit. Once we started league plays, just better scouting reports, all that. Mm-hmm. And like we were winning a ton of games. We were tied for second in the league. And then I tore my ACL in February at at Army. 
we were tied for second at the time and it was just like it sucked because my junior year was always like I told everybody if we were going to win the win the league it was my junior year like we had five seniors and my class was four juniors so like we were good we were talented we were now old so that injury really was rough I probably would have got first team had I finished the year out so like that was second second team all league that year and then heading into my senior year everything was all about just like I need to prove that I'm coming back better from my injury. Like that was my big thing is I need to, I can't let the injury define my career. Like I got to be better than this injury. So junior year or junior to senior year had nothing to do with basketball, had nothing to do with winning games, like anything. It was just, I need to prove that like I can get, get through this injury and came out on the other side better than every, every other year. So I was, that was something I was really proud of. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it's a lot of times you don't see that that progression. So I had to to ask you on what that was like in, in that mentality. Uh, so after Lafayette, we'll get into that. Uh, what was that process like? I know you always wanted to be a pro basketball player. You taught we talked about it earlier. You wrote that to yourself. And then now fast forward about 18 or about 20, 22 years later, you're you're on the cusp of being a pro. What was that like hiring an agent, getting looks from offers, pro teams, uh, the NBA? Talk to us about that. Yeah, it was crazy because I remember always hitting up like my friends that have played pro before me. I was like, yo, how do you get an agent? Like, what's the process for getting an agent? And they were like, don't worry about it. Like, they'll hit you up. And like, I didn't hear anything until my senior year, which I guess is normal. And then like my senior year, I had like 50 agents, like all lined up to try to like, just figure out like, Hey, I want to be your agent. Like, this is what I do, whatever. So I had to interview like all these people. Um, and then I landed on my agent just because it was during COVID times too. So like it's all zoom interviews. So you really don't know who you're talking to. He actually flew out to Indianapolis when I was out there during the final four, I was doing that like three on three, like the national three on three tournament. So mm-hmm. I met him out there, like felt comfortable that he took the time to fly out there. So that's kind of how I landed on the agency thing. And then, I also had, with the COVID year, you could transfer wherever you wanted, basically. It was um, because you get that extra year of eligibility, right? So Mm -hmm. I could have grad transferred really wherever. Like, I don't want to put any coaches out there, but like, because I never put my name in the transfer portal, but I had offers basically wherever I wanted to go. But just like for me, like where I was at in my life, I felt like I was ready to take that NBA step. I was getting like pre-draft workout interest. I was getting combine interest. So I was like, I might like, I risked it playing football or playing basketball over football. I might as well take this risk now, like see if you can go play pro. And like, I was lucky enough. I got the summer league offer with the Hawks, um, got the exhibit 10 with the, with the thunder, which basically means I was with them for training camp. They waived me and then I played for the G league team. So it was a good start for me. A uh, good opportunity. Definitely wasn't easy at all, but it was a good start for me. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an amazing start. And and first of all, let's talk about you, you brushed past the Exhibit 10. And I, I read that on your, you know, buyout, the getting signed by I don't care if it's a day, a second, two minutes, getting signed by NBA team uh, for Exhibit 10, Oklahoma City Thunder. Amazing. Congrats to you, man. That's that's big time. So just just can't we can't stay past that. <laughs> Got to give you your props, my, my G. But um. I appreciate uh, it. That's big yeah, for me because yeah. I kind of struggle with, I guess, taking time to appreciate things. Like I'm always mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do next? Like I got to get this two-way contract next. I got to get this real NBA contract next. So 
for me, sometimes I always don't take as much pride in, in things like that. But mm-hmm. like when I when I look back on it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then and then you, I know you we talked you talked about that as well. Um, talk to us about what the summer league um, experience was like, and then what your experience with with the with the blue afterwards, because I know that's that's such a long process, starting from the summer league all the way to like you said, getting signed. And then playing with the with the blue, yeah. So summer league and Oklahoma City was almost like the same experience, just like elongated. So mm-hmm. I went to Atlanta and was thinking like, all right, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna earn my time. I'm gonna come like practice hard, do well practice. And I'm gonna play every game. It's like that was just my mentality how I looked at it. So I went down there, killed in practice, like some of the best basketball I ever played in my life. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to play every game. Like, this is going to be easy. Went, didn't touch the court for the first three games. Did not, like, didn't play a single minute. And I'm sitting there on the bench so mad. Like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And that was, like, my first taste of, like, what being a pro is. Like, it's a business. They have guys that they need to see first. And, like, you're going to get your time when you get your time. Like, it had nothing to do with what I did at practice. Mm -hmm. And then fourth game rolled around. We played the Heat. I think I scored seven points against the Heat in like 15 or so minutes. And what was really cool for me was I played pretty well, like in the short amount of minutes that I played. So they let me finish the game. Like the final three minutes, they put me in there, like, like go finish the game. And I actually hit like the two game winning free throws at the end of the game. So that was like a big confidence boost for me. Like, all right, these guys think I can play. Like they let me finish the game. And then the final game we played the Knicks and like the final game is usually like, the older guys or like the draft picks they'll usually sit out if they've played really well like all right we don't need to see you anymore but the Knicks had all of their guys still playing like Obi Toppin played Emmanuel quickly played Quentin Grimes um a couple other like real rotational dudes Mm -hmm. played that game and they let me just go that game I played like 28 minutes or something and I scored 16 points like hit four threes so that was like really cool for me was to play like, against legit NBA guys, hold my, not just hold my own, but like excel. So like, I think that was the game for me where I was really like, I belong here. I can play with these dudes. So that was the summer league experience. Like had to wait for my opportunity uh, and then played well the last two games. So I'm thinking, all right, I signed the exhibit 10 with OKC. I'm going to go, I'm just going to kill all season. Barely played November and December, like the first two months of the year, barely played at all. And then December played a little bit. And then January, February, like they finally gave me my shot. Played really well with the time I got. So kind of the same thing. Like have to wait for your opportunity. Have to stay ready as hard as that is. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, two similar experiences where I had to wait, kind of wait behind some guys in line and then go kill once they finally let me go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, 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 absolutely. And, and, you know, you, you, you talk about, you know, playing, playing, uh, you know, I'll be topping and Quentin Grimes and all these, all these like, you know, players that are getting, you know, some big minutes. So if you could, you know, if you, if you could think like, wow, like that was a real tough matchup or that, like that was, that was a real hard guard because I'm sure, you know, if you, where you come from in, in Lafayette in high school, you were you know, probably the top of the top of the top of the athletes. But now, you know, you're facing where every night, every player you're playing is with the top of the top of their high school, the top of the top of their college. And how was that? No, a hundred percent. That's the biggest difference as you move up is like, obviously guys get more skilled. Like we're pros now. Like I'm not going to class anymore. All I do, I go to the gym twice a day. Like that's my job. 
So like, as you move up, guys get more skilled, but the biggest jump is just like size and athleticism. Like some of these guys are nuts. And I think probably my, the biggest like difference maker for me, not difference maker, but the first time I saw that difference was in that Knicks game, we're playing uh, Jericho Sims. If like you don't know mm-hmm. Jericho Sims is go look up like the alley oops he catches like he'll dunk the Texas. ball in his chest will be at the rim. Mm-hmm. So like if you go watch, I have a highlight tape on uh, on YouTube of that of the Hawks game, the Hawks against the Knicks in the summer league, and I shoot a layup over Jericho Sims. I thought I threw it like over the backboard because I had to get it over him blocking the shot, and like he must have got up to like twelve and a half feet and like just barely missed the block. But I'm like after I shot that, I was like, I couldn't have shot that any higher. So like that was like the first time I ever saw something like that. And I was like, all right, like you're playing against the best players in the world now. Man. And 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 talk to us about like night to night, because I know in G League, one of the things we forget from or not people forget or a lot of people forget, understand that the D the from the D League to now the G League, a lot of guys like you mentioned, um, are fighting for well everyone's fighting for a spot on an NBA team but a lot of guys are veterans who are coming down like I know remember Serge Ibaka at one point last season came down a lot of veterans will come down to to get some some their feet under them and then go back up but talk to me about last year um and, and with all I know COVID and about January February a lot of guys were getting called up um to the NBA what was that like you know guys bouncing around getting calls up I felt like the whole G league at one point is that, did that lead to you getting more opportunities where you considered for some of those, those spots? What was that like, man? I know that was wild. So the G leagues is like crazy. Like you never know what the roster is going to be, especially in OKC because OKC, the thunder are so young. You can have three, what's called assignment players. So the NBA players will drop down and play with the G, the G league team. And so the Thunder, we, it was like a rotating door. Like, you never knew who was going to be at practice one day. You never knew who was going to play. And, like, for me, that's what killed me at the beginning, like November, December, is, all right, I'm in the, the, I'm the second group point guard at practice all the time. Like, I'm playing well, like, doing all the good things at practice. The coaches are like, you're doing great. And then next game, like, they just come in, Teo Maladon, Trey Mann, they're on assignment today. Okay, mm-hmm. two point guards are going to play every minute. Like, so I'm not going to play. So that was the hardest thing for me was like not knowing when these guys are going to be here because they're obviously they're going to practice with the Thunder guys and then drop down with us for games. So that was the hardest part for me was just kind of staying ready, whether I knew I was going to play or not. And then you would think with all the call ups that I would have kind of got lucky with that opportunity thing. But with the, the OKC Blue, like the only time our guys got called up was like eight of them got called up at once and then they just stopped the G League season for two weeks. Like we didn't have any games. So like everybody got their call, their 10 days, like played their game and then like came back for the G league and then we restarted. So I, there really was never like a, these guys got their call up. So I'm going to get my like extra minutes. Unfortunately, it never happened like that. And okay. for, for the call ups, I don't know if I was ever like in the running at the end of the year, I kind of thought I was like, just cause I'd finished the year really strong, like played well. I feel like I played better than some other guys. But like I said, it's a business. Like they had guys that they probably were going to call up anyway. So that was tough for me at the end of the year was I really thought I earned that 10-day. But it didn't come. Um, hopefully in the future I'll get there. But, yeah, so last year never never fully pulled it off. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you keep working at the rate you do because we, we know you're a gym rat and all that. But I, I kind of want to talk to you because I, I got a chance. I had to. I love looking at film, watching film, breaking guys' games down, and see what I uh, see what I can take away from it. But one thing that I really notice about your game, and and I want you to just talk to me about, is you like you're you're good. You can handle the ball. You can create your own shot. But one thing offensively, why you're so hard to guard, and actually a coach I saw in an interview, I believe it was from your highlight after a game, he had said this guy just doesn't stop moving without the ball. And I think that like similar to like a guy like Steph, you see him, he's kind of what you'd say an undersized guard, um, as you would say, as you said before you are, but you don't stop moving without the ball. Is that, what is that something you saw that could be effective in your game as you move to the pros? Or is that something you learned before Lafayette? Cause I know you did that a lot there moving without the ball and you were able to score on the ball and off. No, so like I said, growing up in high school, I got really lucky with – I had really good coaches. Like a, like you guys see, like in the high school system, it's just kind of like guys coaching. Like it's kind of a, a crapshoot. Like you don't know who's going to coach you. So I got really lucky with the coaching I got. Like we barely ran plays in high school. It was all reading your defender, motion offense. Like if they they give you a look, there's always like a response to that. So like – Somebody chases over, you curl. Somebody goes under, you can bounce back on the screen. Back cuts, like all this stuff. So in high school, that's really where I learned it. And then that really helped me transition into college. Like college, we ran the same type of offense, really everybody does. And then my sophomore year is when it really started to click for me, where I was like, you know, if I'm just in better shape than everybody and nobody wants to chase me around, like that's an easy way to get open. And my coach in, high school, in college really didn't like us dribbling the ball a ton anyway. I was like, all right, I can score a million points if I just run around the whole game. Nobody, they're eventually going to get tired. Nobody wants to guard that. So that was kind of the whole thought process behind it was like I learned how to read defenders my, in high school and then in college it clicked for me. Like nobody wants to run around, obviously. So mm-hmm. like if you can be in good shape and kind of wear dudes down, eventually you're going to start getting open looks. Okay. Yeah, I had to ask, and that that makes a lot of sense. Um, having that foundation and then further building on it, and that's that's gonna help you uh, at at the pro level, and already has obviously. But being able to play with another, maybe more ball dominant guard, and you can play on the ball as well as off the ball, so that's extremely effective. Um, and I I don't want to talk to you about two big games. You know, you talked about later on, you started getting more playing playing time and everything, and. You obviously did well throughout the season to be average close to double digits in G League at that high level anyways. Amazing. So uh, congrats on that. But talking about two particular games, um, one in particular against uh, the Sioux Falls Sky Force where we had 20 points and you were locked in from from range uh, six for seven from that game. Talk to us about that game, because I, I mean, I used to play in uh, college as well, but I would call that kind of a blackout game where you're just obviously you've had big games. You're a shooter, you're a sniper. But talk to us about that game, because that was kind of a breakout game. If you if you call for you in your first season in pros. No, I was about to say that that was really the first game where I felt like I really maybe not like earned everybody's trust. Like, I feel like I had that before, but like proved that I'm not only just like on the team, like I can really help us win. Like I can do mm-hmm. things to help us. And just like the guys on the team, like Xavier Simpson, DJ Wilson, Lindy Waters, like they're telling me 
yo, if you touch the ball, like shoot it, like shoot it every time you get it. So like hearing that from the guys that are playing all the minutes was big for me, like kind of a confidence boost. Like, all right, you know what? Like you belong out here, like go do your thing. So that was kind of the, my breakout game, I think. And not just that, but like defensively, I feel like it was also like great for me. I, I guarded Mario Chalmers the whole game, which obviously like Legend. a complex guy, like not yeah. obviously not in his prime anymore, mm-hmm. like older, but like I grew up watching him on TV. So like guarding him and I guarded him really well was, mm-hmm. was really big for me. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to get the the G League and, and that story, but now you now it's on on to the next step for you. And uh, on June twenty seventh, I'm not sure if that's ex- exact date. You signed uh, you signed a pro con or your next contract for the next your second season of pros with BC Sense Sebastian. I know that's half the name, but I wouldn't even try to pronounce the first <laughs> half of that uh, in the LEB Oro. So I believe that's Spanish Division Two. Uh, talk to us about that, man. Talk to us about Spain. Um, and what's upcoming for you in, in, in the next season, man? I know that's a great league over there. Yeah, so, like, if you talk to guys that have played in Europe, um, the best domestic league, so, like, within the country, in the world, outside of the NBA, is uh, Spain Spanish ACB, which would be the first mm-hmm. league. And unless you're, like, a, like a, a former NBA guy, like, NBA resume or have some type of – like Spanish passport or something like no rookie is going to go to Spanish first, first division. So it almost feels like for me, like I'm starting over, like it's the whole college thing over again. Like I got to go, I got to prove myself. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, totem pole. Now Like I got to work my way up. So that's really what this year is about is like, go there. I got to go kill with the opportunity I get. And like talking with the coach, like I'll be back in a role that I'm used to. Like I'm going to be the starting shooting guard. He was like, I want you to be our main scorer. I want you to be aggressive, like all these things. So it's a good opportunity for me to go like kind of go be myself again, go be the number one scoring option. And I mean, ideally it's go kill and, and move up as quick as I can. So that's the, that's the goal for this year. And, and, and Justin, I have full fledged faith and I know that you're going to be able to do that because we've seen you do that in high school. We've seen you do that in college. You know how to work hard. So the, 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 wherever you're at, whether you're in the NBA, whether you're in high school, whether you're in Lafayette, you know how to put in the work and you know how to get those results. So I have full fledged faith that you're going to be able to do that, man. But uh, Justin, yeah, I appreciate it. And like so much with like pros is like, there's a ton of really talented guys. Like everybody can play so much of it is like timing and opportunity. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what sold me on this was like the opportunity is there. Like they're telling me like what they want me to be. So I know exactly what my job is to go, go in and score the ball and like do what I do. So that opportunity is going to be there. So now like this year is really all on me. Like it's going to be there. I have to go, I have to go play well. Exactly. And you know, like if you, if someone's out there been listening to this whole interview, if you could put it, you know, in a little bow and, and, and tie it up real nice. I think we could say that we could title this bet on yourself. Cause I feel like Justin throughout your career, man, whether it's been those 20 college football offers, whether, whether it's been in the NBA, whether it's been you going somewhere where, you know, you're going to get the opportunity to play and prove yourself. You're just betting on yourself, man. And, and that's, that, that that's beautiful to, to, you know, like to the, to the young kids out there and and to everyone out there that, that that's listening so that's exactly one of my last couple of questions for you Justin is if you could give advice to you know some, some some young kid out there somebody who's trying to be like Justin they trying to make it what would you tell him <laughs> I mean I, I still got a long way to go but um 
Uh, I mean, it's so cliche. Like, I'm sure everybody probably says something on the same lines, but it's just like work really hard. Like for me, like even if I don't make it to the NBA and I mean, God willing, like I believe I'm going to, I believe I'm an NBA caliber caliber player, but um, like nobody's ever going to be able to say about me. Well, like what if like he didn't get everything he possibly could have out of his game, out of like his frame, out of his God given athleticism. So for me, it's just like put everything on the table, like bet on yourself, like go all in on your work and like let everything else fall where where it may. Like whether that's in the NBA for me, whether that's in, in Europe, whether I can get to the Euro League, Spanish ACB, like all these things. But like nobody's ever going to be able to say about me like he didn't go all in on it, like he didn't work as hard as he possibly could. So that's like my thing is just I'm going to outwork a ton of people and like, I believe I'm good enough to do all these things, but like at the end of the day, I can't really control it. So I'm just going to like work as hard as I possibly can and like control what I can control. And I think everything else will just work itself out. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's something along the line of, of, of the Justin name, because my boy, my boy, Jay Hill, Justin, he always says control the controllables and you drop in this wisdom of talking about, you know, you're going to control what you can. And honestly, Justin, that was a, a beautiful little bow and way perfect way to you know tie up this episode, man. So before before we get out of here, Justin, do, is there any you know, any last word that you know you want to tell uh, to every to everyone out there about your career, your journey, and what's next for you? Nah, I mean I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, if anybody wants to keep up with my career, there's a couple of like Instagram accounts you can follow. So it's called Jaws Tracker. Uh, one of my buddies put it together where he's basically just like puts out my game to game highlights. If you want to keep up with the games and I have a YouTube page, it's just my name, Justin Jaworski, um, posting like workout tapes on there, highlight tapes on there all the time. So that's just kind of two ways that you can keep up with whatever I have going on. I mean, hopefully there, there's going to be a lot of good Spanish videos coming out from in the next couple, next couple months. Yes, sir. Nice. And for all the family out there, make sure you guys check out all of Justin's work. I'm I'm gonna link his Instagram right there. It's right there in his little bubble. His YouTube, uh, the Justin Tracker page is all. Everything's gonna be in the description down below and in his little bubble, man. So make sure you check it, check Justin out, and show him some love, man. But my boy Jay Hill, you got any last words for for our legend Justin? Yeah, man. Hey, Justin, appreciate you. Another Justin coming on the show, man. Um, always appreciate that and appreciate your time, man. And, and it's, I'm excited to see what you do in Spain. Um, it was great, amazing to learn more about your career and everything. And, and y'all, for, for those of those, uh, for those of those people listening, this, this stuff doesn't uh, happen overnight. So this is a perfect example that Jaws is a perfect example of that, man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping up with you, uh, over these, these this next year, man, because I know you're gonna do some work, put in some work over there in Spain. That's it, man. Speaking into existence, I appreciate it. Yes, Absolutely. sir, man. So that's it. We out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace.